Welcome to the Finding Users After Show. It's official. It's live. It's hip. It's happening. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's audio. This is where we made our bones. We made our bones in the audio department. Now yes. we have become visual manifestations of mm. our voices on screen mm. in the Finding Jesus YouTube show, available on Grouse House. And like you said, Cameron, this is the after show to that show. This is more laid back. This is more chilled out. It's just kind of... We sit around. We talk about what just happened on the episode. We light up a couple of stogies. Mm-hmm. We lounge by the pool and we just we just freaking unwind for once. We freaking unwind for a change in our lives. It's sort of winding up our little minds and getting freaked out by one of the world's most exciting internet mysteries yet to be solved until two of the finest investigators put their noodles to the test. And this <laughs> episode two is a very exciting one, I'd say. Mm, uh, very exciting. It has been really cool to see the response from everybody watching the show, listening to this podcast, seeing people share it and like getting other people hooked on this adventure. Uh, honestly, I'm so touched, guys. Like, Thank you so much for sharing it out. We love and cherish each and every one of our viewers and listeners. So cool. A lot of great comments on the YouTube channel itself <laughs> and uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're very, we're psyched to watch people come along on the journey with us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy the journey ahead because it gets really wacky from this point on. Yeah. This is the episode. This is, this like- is, this is stepping through the looking glass. This is the oh, moment wow. where Neo reaches out and touches that mirror and then a, that weird sticky icky goo goes goo away from the mirror. Freaking yeah. body. We Guess called this our mirror. our mirror goo episode, if you will. <laughs> yeah, this is but- the mirror goo episode. We finally we tackle some of the currently, uh, you know, current mm. theories that the internet has about who Phoenix is mm-hmm. in this episode, and then we begin the journey towards. Some totally uncharted territories. Yeah, that's it, really. Like, that's the best way to describe this episode. Um, We kind of acknowledge a great video essay in the Game Theory uh, YouTube channel that Mm. made this great video about Kanye Quest and its mystery of ascensionism uh, that came out, like, while we were already, like, underway and starting our investigation. And it went in a completely different direction to us. But there was some overlap in what we were studying and what we were looking for. And then, from this episode onwards, we go in a different direction and find stuff that nobody has ever broken before. We get so deep into this story, find leads, find Mm. suspects that nobody has ever uncovered. I know. And I just want to say as well that when that Game Theory episode came out on uh, on YouTube, and it is a great, it's a great Mm -hmm. video essay. Game Theorist is so good. Um, I I fucking freaked out. I, Mm. I really, I had a little, I had a, I had a bit of a episode. I reckon. Yes, brother, I was with you. I saw you freaking out. It transferred onto me. I started freaking out. But I think when we were watching, I was like, oh, this is so different to what we were on the tail of. Like, this is a different story. But we also made those links to 
Valley, this person that we talked to in the episode, that we'll talk about the interview with David as well, that it was quite spooky. It was, it, it freaked us out, but it's so different to what we were doing. It's a video essay. It's fantastic. It's an information overload that's so, like, exciting. But ours, mm. we're doing something so different. We're making jerks. We're making a freaking documentary. Um, mm. And we come to much different conclusions. That's true. Yeah, it was so much fun watching your interview with Valerie and and just finally getting a little sense of relaxation from me. Just like, oh, okay, we are moving in a different direction. We haven't hit a dead end. We're moving towards a completely different goal. And uh, very exciting. I loved it. I loved watching it. You handled it very well. Uh, you're a very great interviewer. Wow, you're thank a, you so you're much. A, <laughs> you're a fabulous on the Zoom. Wow. Not enough people compliment your Zoom work, but you're really one of the greats on the Zoom. That is so fascinating to hear because often I doubt my abilities on the Zoom. Often I think, God, am I a Zoom schmo? I don't know what I'm doing. No, 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 no. But to be recognized by one of the great Zoom artists of all time, Cameron James. Uh, Oh, my God. There's a glisten in my heart (laughs) as it shines. Oh, well, look, we should dive into this episode. Hey, before we do, though, mm-hmm. um, I would like to give a little shout out to our recently purchased website. Yes, baby. We have got a domain. We have got a website and we got the freaking .com, findingyesus.com. Finally, we got the .com. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> findingyesus.com you can go there for your finding Jesus needs you can read bios about us you can submit mysteries that you want us to investigate it's a great website designed by a dear friend and listener Vanessa Brewster you can find her on Instagram at Van Brood but I would also mm. say Cameron there's something very mm. exciting on this website we have got a merch store we got a tiny little merch drop of some hats of some pins, of some posters, of some tote bags. Is Am I forgetting anything in that store? There's one other thing you forgot, and that is that there is a sticker. Oh, we've got a freaking sticker. We've got a sticker. I'm looking at the merch store right now. I mean, it's so good. Hollow Bones designed all this stuff for us. It's mm. insane. The Finding Ease's poster is so good. It's that real early 2000s millennium mindfuck aesthetic. Mm-hmm. The hat rocks. Everyone would look good in that hat. Yeah. Tote bag, come on. You walk down to the shops with that tote bag hanging over your shoulder, yeah. pick up some freaking um, cereals and milks and eggs and shit. Some and deli products and perhaps. Shit. Yeah, Maybe of a deli course. product. Maybe a couple of cleaning products for home. Well, that's your whole day sorted. You get a few things to shove down that face. Then you can wipe that butt when it's been done. And, of course, you've got those cleaning products in case anything crazy happens. <laughs> a pin. You pop that pin on. My mm. good Lord. You're walking around. You're showing everyone who your allegiances are to. And exactly. they are to finding Jesus. And, of course, a sticker. You can use that to put onto a cop car. Yes. As some sort of act of defiance to say, <laughs> like, hey, fuck you, coppers. We are into podcasts and video yeah. web series. Uh, yeah, we love web series. And that's something that police have been trying to outlaw in this country for a long time. But we are breaking through. Uh, this is a very fun chat with David Alat, our mastermind interviewer, who is putting us through the ringer as we talk about the behind the scenes, the making of, and all of those kind of freaking observations about what is going on in Finding Jesus Episode 2. And I like that idea that this could be called Through the Looking Glass. 
because, you know, it's not a podcast anymore. We didn't come up with titles, but I'm now canonically saying Episode 2 of Finding Jesus, the unofficial title, is mm. Buddha Looking Glass. And I just want to take credit for that because I came up with that yeah. um, just a few moments ago. <laughs> yeah, and I really loved it. And I wish that we could have gone back in time and just put the heading up on the pa- on the page that we wrote the script and planned out concept of what this episode could be. And yeah. it is freaky. Cameron, let's give it away <laughs> to David. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, it's David here, Chief Ambassador of the Neue State, expert in literature, sports science, and the greatest science of all, technology. We're exploring a video game, Kanye West 3030, potentially a recruitment tool for a new age cult called Ascensionism, created by someone called Phoenix. But who's Phoenix? We've got a couple of suspects. We look west to Mr. Kanye West of America. We look near west to Mr. Nick Lyon Ballarat. The team have been working hard doing some floor-based research to try and figure out which of these distinguished potential creators uh, made this game and this cult. First of all, can I ask a couple of questions about the computer gaming industry and games as a recruitment tool? Because I've been reading a thing or two um, about organizations like the US military using using computer games to attract new talent. Call of Duty for um, Mm -hmm. infantry, Mario Kart for future Formula One drivers. (laughs) Is, Is it real? I think it is. I think mm. it is also a way of finding talent out there. And also, uh, if you've watched Formula One, I'm quite familiar with Formula One. Mm-hmm. Daniel Ricciardo often will throw a uh, turtle shell behind <laughs> him on the track to fuck up the people behind him, which is which is legal. It's legal in Formula One, <laughs> would you believe it? And I just adore his costuming of wearing purple overalls and a yellow cap like his hero <laughs> Wario. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I, I'm less familiar with the Grand Prix. I tend to skip Monaco and Monza and the like, but whenever they go off to the Rainbow Road, yeah. I'm in yeah. best Sunday of the week. You only um, care about the Mushroom Cup. Uh, absolutely. The, the very idea that within, within this game, it's as though the game is seeking a mm. sort of seeking a chosen one with the intellectual fortitude to be able to sort of pop the system, to be able to, you know, acknowledge the matrix that they exist within and say, you know, I am ready, free me, ascend me. Mm. Um, incredible. Mm. Um, so something can you could have created, absolutely. Uh, but Nick Lyons, mm. the episode finds us exploring, um, exploring Nick's origin story and we get to hear some of his music in more detail mm. and we get to hear the world's response to it. What did you think to... Uh, I mean, I've heard a review of it, less, less than uh, favourable. Yeah. But what did you think to this music? Alexi did so much listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how, much, how many songs you ended up listening to. But uh, we, we, a dozen or something, yeah. Mm, you had a lot. You had a whole afternoon, basically, of listening to Nick Lyons' work mm. to decipher if there were any clues. I don't believe you really... Gleaned much insight. Not from them. really. Yeah. I just was a. It was music I'd never heard before. I'd never listened to this kind of dark music. What genre is it? Gothic. No, Gothic it's punk? just like noise, noise. Yeah, noise rock. A little bit of punk in there. Yeah. Um. Your what? What kind of music do you normally listen to? 
Um, I listen to movie soundtracks a lot. The mm-hmm. Big Chill. <laughs> I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of Motown, Motown. funk, soul. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my area of music. Happy music. Happy pop music that makes Melancholy, me feel buoyant. Melancholy, happy music. I listen to a lot of world music, you know, a lot of African music Africa and Brazilian Mombata. music, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Mumbo. I, Papa loves Mumbo. <laughs> Alexi almost exclusively listens to mumbo. <laughs> There's a lot of mumbos, you know, lots of mumbo music, flamenco music. I, lo- I have a broad range. Bossa Nova. This is not in the realm of my range so far. <laughs> now it is. Um, yeah. It was really interesting to like kind of dive deep into it. And the, uh, Ascension Jism was like the main song that like had stuff in there about mm. uh, uh, Kanye Quest and Ascensionism. It's quoting the next, next pro video, right? It's... Mm. Uh, sampling a YouTube video that names Nick Lyons as the likely suspect uh, behind Phoenix. It's like an answer, call and response almost. Yeah, so it's a little bit sinister, a little bit dark. Yeah, Yeah, there's an Australian voice in there screaming out. Yes, yeah, Yeah, there is an Australian accent in there. Australians have a very distinctive accent. It's very guttural and nasal at the same time. Um, and I think the other thing with this music was that it is very like playing on taboo and stuff. Little playing bit, on taboo, edgy. edgy, edgy, edgy music. Mm. So it's interesting. It's like you know, it's trying to find that edge and pass through it and break through. Yeah, and we both love to edge. Yeah, absolutely. Make make you make you feel something. Uh, and Cameron, you're a musician yourself. Mm. Um, is it similar to your own work? No, not at all. And you're a musician as well, David. I've, I've heard your music. You're a very talented musician. Um, I assume you never experimented with noise? I've not, no. I've, usually, I, I always thought that music was the, the very pursuit of avoiding it, uh, to yeah. try and create things that go together. So melodic, to me, this melodic kind of experimental harmony. noise music. I know. I've, um, yeah, the I, only noise you've experimented with uh, Quince and Marlon, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's oh, the noise. Well, the noise. I, I mean... I mean, Quince and Marlon sing, sing a song of the very own. They're a, they're a whole new universe of harmony. <laughs> and they've brought us an awful lot. I've never, um, when I played in bands, we were, m- melodic stuff was always way more interesting mm, to stuff. me, but I wasn't afraid of a bit of noise, a bit of feedback. And for a little while there, I got really into this, um, oh God, what album? It's called Metal Machine Music. It's a, uh, oh, it's, Lou, just, Lou it's a Lou Reed so, album. Yeah. It's um, I think I would never listen to it now. But when I was about twenty-one, I got really into metal machine music, which is essentially just feedback looping for about forty minutes. And I thought it was really cool and really interesting. And then now that I'm thirty-four, I'm like, no, actually, it, it is shit. Yeah, Papa does love Mumbo, <laughs> apparently. Not- <laughs> it's it's it is interesting, but it's not good. I would say one interesting thing that we gathered throughout this was each time we've been drawn in by a suspect, mm. whether it be David Alat of the Noya States, whether it be Sydney Ling, whether it be this Nick Lyons character, is that there's always a musical element. Like their creativity does break through in music mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, everyone's true. been kind of a creative musician of some kind. Uh, that, that their soul speaks through music. I don't. I don't know what that is, but there's something. There's a commonality there. Mm-hmm. When you read books about the brain or things like that, there's a, you know, music's often the best analogy for a lot of things because it can be lots of different things 
all at once and it can it uh, it can it, it can morph and shift like electrons so um you know i think music is about connection and experimentation and it's you know um so maybe that's what it's all about experimenting and just creating and trying to bend things a little bit mm. and then in the episode i mean quite a painful moment in the episode cameron where you're forced to face a uh, again a less than favorable re review um mm. not exactly the worst review i've ever heard I actually actually quite positive about your credentials and future but equally um uh some, damning some, of the industry at once <laughs> we'll give you a little behind the scenes on that that was actually um two reviews we uh we did record both bad reviews and we ended up for time blending them together into one um but the spirit was the same in both of them in that it was uh derisive of me and largely very negative mm. but also acknowledging me as an inevitable part of the <laughs> future of australian stand-up comedy mm. um hey i will say also since then i've gotten some very nice reviews yeah, so it's been a it's been a, a roller coaster ride but you never forget your first negative review as i'm sure you are aware from like goodreads or mm -hmm. something like that you've read some Noi oh. reviews that have probably been less than favorable. I mean, amazingly, the very first negative review that On Mountains We Stand got posted an updated review many years later and has since lobbied ferociously to get all of the Noi books on the, on the USA library system. <laughs> uh, true story, absolutely amazing. So you never know, Cam uh, Cameron. That was a two-star review that since became a five and a uh, mm -hmm. and a place in American Library history. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, I do. Believe. Thank you. Okay, so so Nick Lyon, a, 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 an entity of many different aliases, Nick Nick Lyon now, because we know that there's one in um, Ballarat, mm -hmm. there's one in Adelaide potentially, mm -hmm. and then we also find that. Uh, Nick Lyon could potentially be a pseudonym, or mm. his claim to be a pseudonym, uh, from Valerie Sheffner Harris, who it sounds like they're based in America. Mm -hmm. So how did you come into dialogue with, with, with uh, Valerie and their work? Yeah, this was kind of the episode that was a springboard to the wider world of who suspects could be, where we kind of branched out into there's more than one person that could be at the helm of this mystery. And we found Valerie through Discogs and seeing all these different pseudonyms out there that are linked to each other. Discogs is kind of like IMDB, but mm. for music. Yeah. And these were all profiles that were linked together, had jumbled up together. And Valerie was there at the center of it all. Their real name was on there. Uh, so I kind of just from there branched out, found them on social media and then also had found that they had gone on the record talking about ascensionism, about the game, and a lot of their social media presence were people asking them about it. Uh, and then there's this video that came out like a year into our research, basically, uh, by a YouTuber called Game Theorists or Game Theory that interviewed Valerie and they came to the conclusion that Valerie was involved and at the center of it all. And then as we were going through, we felt that didn't hold water. That didn't really mm. hold water. But we still wanted to talk to Valerie to get their side of the story as well. And 
I mean, you know, the interview's in there. We saw that yeah. it doesn't really add up. There's some coincidences in there. And I think there I think that's kind of the way that it falls in is like through coincidence. That was a very stressful uh revelation when we discovered that game theory had interviewed Valerie and Valerie had essentially copped to being behind ascensionism. But not Kanye Quest thirty third. Yeah, I uh I was really stressed. I don't know how you were, but I was really starting to worry that we'd been wasting a year of our lives researching this thing mm. and that someone else had already uncovered it. That and video un- had so many views. And masked you know. them. And I I, I felt very stressed during the, that whole period. But I think Alexi handled the interview really well. And uh, I think we pretty much, uh, you know, I, I would pretty much say that Valerie is uh, not behind the game and most likely not behind Ascensionism. Yeah. Mm. I think that, you know, the broad topic of Ascensionism and transhumanism, I think that they would have been playing in the same ballpark as it and using the same ideas, same ideas online. But the timeline stuff just doesn't add up for the coincidence of it being together. And yeah, so it was just, it was a very odd revelation for us, but we felt that it was necessary to the, the the kind of broader range of this story and the narrative at large and the story world of Kanye Quest 3030 and Finding Jesus. Uh, absolutely. I mean, watching this and trying to, trying to follow this along and sort of piece it together almost as a, a you know, along for the ride. Valor is such an interesting character because, as you say, Structurally, it just doesn't work. Mm. Ascensionism has been around long before, but equally, I felt in that interview there was almost a, there was a like a hint of a sort of joyous mm. sense of deception, almost, um, mm. or at least that joyous sense of creativity just putting out wheel wacky and wild stuff out in the world and uh, seemingly quite prolifically. So, uh, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, interview and uh, it's really interesting you f- you phrase it that way, David, because it reminded me of the first time I spoke to you. Yeah, yeah, there are some similarities there for sure. It's a, a the joyous deception. It's uh, not sinister. Uh, or it's not evil at all. It's just it's quite fun. It's playful to play playful. in the world where you are the creator of uh, potentially a cult. You know, it's quite fun. I saw something there, and I I felt the same. Like I felt a similar energy. The only other place where I see that <laughs> is like when my dog gets my slipper and it brings it and it has a look in its eye that's like, you know, it's yeah. telling me. We're about to play it's a telling game. me, <laughs> come on, get involved. And I would say Valerie is one of my favorite people that we come across in this journey as well. Mm. I had so much fun talking to them. I think they're really fascinating, cool person. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great interview when... Um, yeah, it did get my uh, did get my suspicions flared, and then just at the point that those suspi- suspicions were utterly flared to the point of burning, mm. I I then see mm. Cameron suffering uh, with his back. Is this is this a, a consequence of floor based research, or was the floor based research a consequence of the injured back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chicken egg. Uh, look, I full disclosure had been having issues with my back before this. I slept on a pull-out bed mm-hmm. at, uh, when I was doing some stand-up gigs in Melbourne on a friend's pull-out bed, 
and my back was sore after that. But I I do believe, and Alexi has kind of led me to believe as well, that this was exacerbated mm. by stress and anxiety. Pressure uh, on the soul yes. and mind. I think coming across that Valerie interview on Game Theorists um, was not helpful for me. I began to feel very stressed. That we were schmucks. That we were schmucks, that we were buffoons, that we were imbeciles even. And I I did fuck my back up that day, that day mm. when I was leaving the uh, building. I, uh, You see a wonderful recreation of that moment by Alexi mm-hmm. where I couldn't make it down the stairs and I fell and I hit the ground and it was very humiliating emasculating moment mm. for me. And mm. you're carrying a, my heat pack around with you at all times. I usually you carry a heat pack around to keep warm. I use it as like a, a I put it often in my pocket here as like a warm thing. And But we had to use it for medical reasons so Cameron could use it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't given oh. it back. <laughs> he still has my <laughs> heat pack. Is it still warm? It's still warm. The embers still glow within that wheat bag. <laughs> and he nuzzles up to it saying, mm, smells like Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very painful. I um, I did, I went and saw a, a, a physio as when well. we were down there. And then, as you see in the show, Alexi also took me to a um, spiritual healer. Mm, Angela. Mm. Our oracle, mm. if you will. Angela, mm. yeah. The, the the oracle and i have to say you know this 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 scene you know i felt that it, it it penetrated my own soul it got into my own spine because there's some chilling revelations about mm. my understanding of the world you know so a couple of yeah. quotes the matrix is a documentary mm. the future has played out we're just remembering how to get mm. there you mm. know None of this is real. We can just create whatever we want. What a what a moment! Can I maybe maybe just sort of jump jump back a little bit on this because this is this is this is this is wild stuff. That you know, there's a lot more reasons. There's a lot more evidence of that out there for this being true for Angela's words being pure than they are to uh, mm. debunk it. Can I just park us before we dive into uh, into the chat with Angela? Can I just get your take on? Faith itself, uh, Cameron. I knew. I know you grew up under the protective wing of the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, Alexi mentioned in the episode that you are um, certainly um, interested in tech-based faith. Could you tell me a little bit more more about that to set the scene for uh, how Angela made you feel? Yeah, well, you know, I was raised with some religion, Greek Orthodox, but my family's mostly agnostic. So I guess I'm on the search for answers now. And then, you know, in this world, it feels like I want definitive answers. And the idea of transhumanism and these kind of ascensionist ideas, they feel really definitive to me and plausible and real, like real solutions to how to the to the questions of religion. Hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of like what my drive is during this is like finding those real answers to those questions. 
uh, that people were pontificated for centuries, millennia even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also am like a spiritual person. Like I do believe there is a spirit, there is a soul, but I think there's logical answers to those questions rather than uh, rather than mystical or philosophical ones. I think there are logical answers to those questions as well. Mm. Yeah. Look, I, as you mentioned, um, I was raised in the in the Catholic Church, but I don't I don't think I've told you this, David. Alexi certainly knows. My family is possibly more religious than most in mm. the Catholic world because um, my great uncle was he's passed away now, but he was a cardinal in the Catholic Church. So for anyone who's not familiar with the hierarchy, you've got God up top, Jesus. To I see, probably mm-hmm. he's like second in command. Yeah, I think so. It's but you know they are one and the same. Yeah, at some that's points. true. Holy Spirit also mm-hmm. is a part of that. Um, then you've got the Pope. He's God's representative yeah. on earth. Our man on the scene. And the man on the ground. <laughs> and then right underneath the Pope, you have a collection of people called cardinals. Mm-hmm. They're they don't have the pointy hats. They've got these little round boys. Beautiful little round purple hats that they wear. And mm. if the Pope mm. dies or steps aside or abdicates mm-hmm. due to allegations, which has happened. <laughs> in, the past, in the past, the five forgotten past. One of these cardinals gets to step up and be the Pope. There's only ever been two Australian cardinals. Mm-hmm. There's George Pell, who's... Who is... Uh, you can If you're out of Australia, you can research. You can Google George <laughs> Pell if you like. Um, I've, heard uh, and of, I've heard of him. You've heard of George Pell. Yeah, he's been in the news a bit. Yeah. And then uh, the other Australian cardinal is Cardinal Cassidy. Cardinal And Cardinal Cassidy is my Uncle Bill, my great Uncle Bill, who's um, since passed away. But so my family very, like church, I personally went to church twice a week growing wow. up. My grandparents would go every day. When Whoa. my when my mum was yeah. a child, she would go almost every day. Wow. Um, so church is a big part of my life growing up and also the idea of heaven and hell quite literally part of my life where we were told, you know, if you disobey God, guess what? You're going to hell. Sucker. You're going to fucking burn in hell. So I, I distinctly remember being told as a child, you're going to go to hell for that. Um, so I've had this sort of, uh, I guess, like love-hate relationship with religion and in my later teen years, I discovered a thing called atheism and I read Richard Dawkins' The God mm, Delusion. Gosh. I got into like rock and roll music that was a bit atheist of nature and comedians that were, you know, proudly atheist. Um, and I sort of stepped away from God. But now in my 30s, I, I think I'm, I would say no longer an atheist. I would say agnostic is probably the is closer to what i am um largely because i think it's arrogant to believe one thing or the other Mm. i think you know how can you know so i'm happy to just kind of sit uh in ignorance ignorance is bliss Mm. i'm gonna sit and eat this steak and i'll hopefully have the answer revealed to me at some point possibly on my deathbed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if not, it's okay. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I think you've described the aging process well there. You feel very firmly one way because your parents tell you. Um, you then feel very strongly the other way uh, because your internal rebellious soul tells you. And then 
you shrug your shoulders and say, well, someone else will figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, exactly. The passion yeah. dissipates the older you get. <laughs> but I do think the Catholic Church and the sort of transhumanism opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, the least technological. I mean, you've got PayPal, but other than that, you know, you've essentially got a very old, rigid um, institution versus a very modern, contemporary way of viewing the world. And this is... Um, you know, and this is uh, this is something that we all juggle with in a in a in a uh, ever modernising world. Mm. So, guys, I've got just a few more questions about this episode. Angela, what a lovely, warm, glowing soul! I could feel her healing powers coming through my computer screen. Is this her real job? Is she a real uh, being or, or, or an actress? <laughs> or tell me about Angela. Well, she is a real being. And, She's a real um, being. That is her real job in that mm-hmm. realm of, I don't even know the official title of what Me you would neither. call that, but of like in touch, healing, introspection. And I think this, I think, you know, it, that's, I don't know how to describe that job, but it's I guess real. she's a healer or like she's, she's a, a you know. Yeah, a healer. <laughs> like she does, she does energy pulls and mm-hmm. Reiki and all that kind of stuff. And Cameron, you you looked in need of a good healing. Uh, that back pain, it looked mm. agonizing. You were writhing at mm. times. Was that a? Were you turning anything on for the cameras, or was that just just the, the uh, true agony? That was ninety percent true agony, and then ten percent showbiz. You got to turn it on a little bit for the cameras. You got to amp it once because I was I was in pain, but my natural instinct when I hurt myself is to hide my pain and to cover it all up with bravado. But then I thought, you know what? The cameras are on. There's uh, a bit of attention on me from the crew and from Alexi at the moment. Maybe I'll dial it up a little bit, a little bit more, and try and milk some sympathy out of this moment. You got to sweeten the recipe every now and then when you're on camera. Yeah, yeah. You got a little sugar, yeah. little sugar. Yeah, in. You, you have. Well, I, I mean, it was wonderful to watch, and I did <laughs> see that that I witnessed something really special. Cameron, I want to thank you for your your bravery. Angela really dropped some big claims and statements um, that really, you know, mm. will have burst a lot of bubbles. Um, is reality simulated? Do you do you believe? What Angela believes, did it give you food for thought? I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on, and I know it's, I don't want this to sound like a glib question, but what is the nature of this universe? (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, it was interesting um, because we were with, we were filming with Angela for um, an hour, an hour and a little bit. She gave us Mm -hmm. a full session and most of that was just a relative, like she's a lot of fun and she's a good person to hang out with and chat with. But most of it was a pretty normal conversation um, about my back and about mm. the sources of my pain and muscular issues and all that kind of stuff. And then it started getting more and more spiritual as she spoke. And then in the last 10 minutes, she really dropped the bombshell on us that we were living in a simulation or that the matrix was real. Uh, We've lived all this before and we're just remembering it or we're reliving it or something like that. 
that came right at the end when we were about to leave. Like, we were halfway out the door when she started telling mm. us this stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a huge, huge shock. Came out of nowhere. Um, bl- blew my mind to smither. I mean, you can see it in the in the episode. My my brain fizzles out. I can't handle it. Mm, this, this truly is one of my favorite parts of the whole series because when we entered Angela's realm, you know, it was... It was also a surprise to us that this was going to be something that was part of it, that we were like, okay, Cameron's injured. What are we going to do to help him? What is in line with what we're doing in the documentary to keep this as part of the show? Um, And when we found Angela, it seemed like a really interesting way to tackle this problem and then to kind of tackle our process in the documentary as well. Like what are our next steps moving forward if we keep hitting these freaking roadblocks? And um, when we entered her realm, we were like, this is the Oracle. We, we, that's what Cameron and I whispered mm. to each other. I was like, this mm. is the Oracle. We need to do everything that mm. we can to elicit the same feelings that you have in an audience watching the scenes of Neo and the Oracle. Because her whole apartment felt the same as the, as the apartment yeah. from the from the Matrix. It just, it, her vibe, her aura that she could see through the Matrix and understood the world in a deeper way than us was everything in there. So... Cameron and I, as Matrix nerds, were just going, okay, what are the quotes that we that from that scene that we could kind of elicit and kind of bring up? And we snuck a little few in there that are from that scene in the movie. But yeah. she was she was amazing. She was so compelling. And that moment when she says, have you guys seen The Matrix? You know that's a documentary. I reckon one of the highlights of my whole life. That uh, is that's something that Cameron and I have said to each other in jest <laughs> of our entire friendship. And the way she said it, we're just like, "Holy shit, she's right." <laughs> so just for just for the listeners, this is this was not Angela primed and reading from some sort of script, knowingly part of a something that's referencing the Matrix. This no. is from within. No, no, no. She brought it no. up of her own free will, or did she? <laughs> <laughs> it was because preordained. It's predetermined. <laughs> Every, the world's predetermined. But, but yeah, she did. She brought that up herself, and it blew our minds. We couldn't believe it. I was this close to trying to sneak in. There is no spoon into the things I was saying to her, but I thought that might be playing our cards, uh, you know, right on the table. We got to keep some close to the chest. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Well, it was. Wonderful, and I love that Angela left that key message right till the end of the treatment as well. The old Peter Falk Mm. treatment, Columbo, saving that critical question right until the moment when you're most ready for it, most supple and ready to penetrate. Um, So, next question. Shaggy, probably the man I least suspected of being a snitch, conspiring with you, uh, Cameron, (laughs) Uh, I was disappointed. Uh, nonetheless, possibly the, in fact, definitely the greatest musician ever to come out of Jamaica. Um, you know, with nods to Bob Marley mm. and my favourite of the Paul brothers, uh, Sean Paul. Um, anyway, tell me about this dialogue with Shaggy. Um, how did you meet him? Is he a suspect? Um, it seemed that 
you know, as you've done in previous mm. series, Cameron, it seems that you fostered a nice little bond with Shaggy. So um, I just want to hear about th- that part of the series, <laughs> yeah. that part of the mystery. Shaggy is not a suspect. Shaggy is a uh, just a, a Redditor who was active in the Kanye Quest subreddit, um, who was trying to sort of get to the bottom of what Ascensionism was. And we we met through that wonderful website called Reddit, and um, and Shaggy just started helping me, but really really quickly and answering a lot of questions, doing some digging on their own, um, and we were kind of going back and forth over a couple of days, and then uh, they uh, watched some of my stand up on <laughs> YouTube, which was nice. <laughs> And gave me a compliment, which I needed. It came at the right time. I was in agony. I'd been through the ringer a little bit. And then I got given a nice little boost of confidence. And it, and it's great that after being knocked down, um, you know, by... Well, let's not let's not talk about the negatives. This is about positive energy today. And it's great to hear you getting the reviews that you deserve, hmm. Cameron. Fair play to Shaggy. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, Shaggy. And Cam, can I ask? Because I don't know too much about Shaggy. I've only ever met them through you and through the wonderful performance of Zoe Kumsma. Mm. But have you kept in contact with Shaggy since those days of helping us break through a couple of barriers? I sent through some updates of what we learned later on in the series to Shaggy, and I've sent episode one to Shaggy as well. So I'll probably get back in touch this week and just say like hey wouldn't mind a little review of um episodes two and three see what you see what you think about those (laughs) we need a little compliment to get us through the rest of the release yeah wouldn't mind that wouldn't mind that it was so honestly so helpful there's there was a few people on reddit that were trying to get to the bottom of the ascensionism thing and they'd all kind of done different levels of digging a little bit of research Mm. themselves and it was um it was just cool. It was fun for a few days there where I was kind of deep in that community, just talking to all these people and figuring out what they knew and what they didn't know and kind of bolstering a little confidence, knowing that we were heading in the right direction. It was, it was great. And is Shaggy Australian? No. No, I believe, as David said, Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, the last time I was in Sheffield, I walked past the Sheffield's premier music venue and still in 2022, in lights, live tonight, mm. Shaggy. What a life. Yes. Holy yes. That's awesome. Hey, also, he's not Jamaican. I don't know if you guys know that. Oh, he's not Jamaican? I mean, he is Jamaican-American, but he is mainly, oh. he's, you know, bo- I believe born in America. Oh, cool. I might have made that up. <laughs> Let me check. Let me check. Well, because I know he was in the U.S. Army. He was oh in the U.S. God. Army. If there's one thing I know about infiltra- Shaggy, born in Kingston Town. <laughs> Jamaican Town. infiltration into the army? Okay, look, it looks like he was born in Jamaica, but he's a naturalized American and he was in the US military. And that's something that I knew about him. And that's something that now you know about him. Corporal Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, very exciting stuff. 
it's a lovely combination. Um, military, Jamaica, America, and more recently Sheffield. Well done, uh, Shaggy. We and thank you. Thank you, Shaggy. <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you for your service. Um. <laughs> and you know what? If you said that to him, he'd say it wasn't me. <laughs> so. That brings me to the end of this round of questions. Fellas, just for the listeners to appreciate this as a real-life, as-yet, unsolved mystery, and it's great to see you tackling it with the uh, zeller, the fervour, that a challenge like this needs. Thanks for sharing your perspectives today, and I cannot wait for episode three. Bless you. Thank you. And we'll see you on the other side. What an exciting and amazing after show experience for episode two of Finding Jesus, aka Through the Looking Glass, a wow. title that is unofficial at this point, but hopefully the true fans of this series will mm-hmm. refer to it as such from now on. If anyone goes, hey, did you see Finding Jesus episode two? And you go, oh yeah, you mean Through the Looking Glass, the unofficial title of that episode? Yeah, I've seen it and I listened to the podcast where they revealed that. So check it out. Check out the podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this behind-the-scenes deep dive into episode two. Cameron, do you have any mm. teasers for what will be going on in episode three? Episode three, things get legal. Mm. We talk a little bit of legalese in episode yes. three. We, we come up against a roadblock that you and I were completely unprepared for. <laughs> Uh, do do we overcome least. it? Do we knock it down? I don't know. You'll have to wait and see on Monday. On Finding Jesus, the most exciting web series ever made. Uh, like we said, check out the merch store. Check out the website, findingjesus.com. We got the .com. We got the freaking domain, the .com. Check it out. It's a beautiful website. Lots of green. If you love green, check it out. It's really cool. And you can also submit questions and mysteries there. Uh, If you have any questions for the after show, you can contact us on our Twitter or Instagram at this is Alexi for me at I am Cameron James for Cameron. And uh, we will pass those questions on to David and he can ask them to us if he seems to desire to ask those questions. (laughs) Also, there's an email address too. We got an email address. We do have an email address. It is findingmysteries3030 at gmail.com. Com. Yes, we got mm. the dot .com for that one too. We got the dot .com on the Gmail. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we need to say? Just um, stay safe out there. It's really scary out there on the internet. So just stay safe. Yeah, don't don't go to any crazy websites except for findingusers.com, the coolest, <laughs> safest, and craziest website. <laughs>